Are you looking for practical ministry help to inform and inspire your leadership? Do you have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of other leaders in pursuit of stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast, presented by CDF Capital, helping churches grow. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary. Well, hey, friends, what on earth? Why are we coming in hot with an unseminary episode on a Monday rather than on a Thursday? You know, for 800 plus episodes every Thursday, we have bringed you conversations that we hope will inspire and equip you. But today on a Monday, we're coming in with something very special. You see, a couple weeks ago, we ran a webinar called Resilient Church Staff, Secrets to Building and Sustaining a Strong Teen Culture. And it was with my friends, Todd Rhodes and Matt Steen. And we covered a lot in that webinar that I want you to hear. But even more pointedly, this is what I want you to do to take action on it today. April 24th, they are opening up a free assessment. I can't believe that this is free, but it's a free assessment called churchstaffassessment.com. And it's designed to help you understand the, the culture at your church. And you do this, it's 50 questions. At the end, they ask for your email address. You don't actually even have to give it. But if you want to get the assessment, you just give your email. It's totally free and it will unpack and help you understand your church staff culture. Now we're going to talk more about this in the episode, but I wanted you to hear this full episode. So we cut out the tops and tails, the kind of frivolous stuff at the beginning of the webinar and jump right in. Uh, But I want you to hear this, take some time to put this in your ears and listen to this today and join us on our next webinar. When we talk about this on our emails, you just, you can learn about them by just signing up at unseminary.com. We're constantly unpacking great stuff in those environments and You get to go toe-to-toe and ask questions with experts like Todd and Matt. So listen in, and don't forget to drop by churchstaffassessment.com today. It closes on May 19th, so make sure you get in and do that today. Again, that's churchstaffassessment.com. All right, friends. Well, we're going to jump in uh, to today's conversation. Super excited. We are, This the title of this webinar is Resilient Church Staff, Secrets to Building and Sustaining a Strong uh, Team Culture. It's going to be a great time today. Now, just kind of a couple rules of engagement. We will be taking questions. Uh, we're going to have a bit of a conversation here. A couple of things I want to extract out of these experts' minds, uh, but then we do want to get your questions in. So at any point during today's call, please just drop them in the chat and uh, we'll make sure to get a chance to loop back around to them. Also, I want to encourage you to stay tuned until the end because today uh, Matt and Todd are launching something really cool that you're going to get a chance to get it literally in on the ground floor of. So like you're going to be among the very first people to access this thing today. And so I don't want you to miss that. Uh, and so we're just, again, so honored that are, are here. So let me give you a bit of an introduction. We've got two folks, two friends uh, on the call today, Todd Rhodes and Matt Steen. Uh, Todd is the co-founder of Chemistry Staffing. You might've heard of them before if you've hung around in seminary for a while. He's got over 30 years of experience serving uh, churches in a whole bunch of different scenarios. Todd uh, was has really you know helped in a bunch of different contexts. He's the founder of uh, churchstaffing.com, which really helped so many churches find pastors and staff online. He worked with Leadership Network. You might know him from, from that context. It's given really valuable insights uh, into not only where the church is today, but where it's going in the future and how they can continue to operate healthy. He's a graduate of Cedarville University, 
Uh, so honored to have you on the call today, Todd. Uh, and Matt, Matt also uh, is also a co-founder. We've got the co-founders here today of Chemistry Staffing. He served the local church for over two decades as a youth pastor. Yay for previous youth pastors. That's, That's good. We, That's uh, you know, we got to stick together. Uh, <laughs> church planner, executive pastor. He's uh, studied at NIAC and at Baylor University. Uh, he's uh, He's got a whole bunch of different certifications. He was up in the Northeast. That's where he and I actually originally met. He's a Stratop facilitator. Uh, with the Patterson uh, Institute, so you know he's a really smart guy, or center, uh, you know he's a really smart guy, got lots to offer. So welcome, so glad that you guys are here. Todd, why don't you, we'll start with you, fill out your picture, what did I miss there? Uh, tell us a little more of the Todd Rhodes story there. Oh my goodness, no, I, I have such a big head after hearing that, that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and 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 half of it's true even, so. Uh, yeah, yeah no, uh, uh, the, you, not, not too much more to, uh, to mention there, we really, Matt and I um, started this uh, chemistry staffing thing about about six years ago, Matt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really out of a, a sense of we want to try and help church, and that's what we're going to talk about today, help mm-hmm. churches uh, hire for, for what, we call, what we call healthy long-term fit. Uh, we, mm-hmm. want, we want to help churches and candidates find each other where they mm-hmm. can serve together for at least five years and that there's that cultural match and theological match and all that, some of the stuff that we'll get into later. But we started that about six years ago and, and just having a blast helping helping churches and getting to you know candidates and, and trying to make as great a matches as we can. Love it. Matt, why don't you fill out the picture? What did I, what did I miss there? Uh, you, you know, Todd, Todd never talks about his family and, and, and Dawn and all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to go and talk, you know, married for 15 years to Teresa. Love it. Two of us and a retired Greyhound named Nellie down here in Orlando. Mm. And so, <laughs> uh, and like Todd said, you know, never, never woke up and said, hey, I want to go be a church headhunter. You mm. know, it's just like, you know, Todd and I, we, we, we're, we're kind of church geeks. And mm-hmm. so the whole thing for us is, hey, how do we help churches get healthy? And this was a low-hanging mm-hmm. fruit for us is really coming alongside in that in that transition season. So that's it. it, man. Yeah, I love it. And friends, the fact that we've been able to convince both Todd and Matt to be on here is, is just amazing. And so we're we're looking forward to try to extract from them. So obviously, you know, they have stuff, they have ways they can help you. Uh, but today we want to really try to learn from them as we think about, you know, our particular mm-hmm. context. You know, and lots of times when we think about hiring, that's a part of what we're talking about. We're adding new staff members. Man, the, we know that, when, at least I know, when I add staff members to our team, it changes the culture. Uh, it, it, it adjusts things. You know, you can't make that kind of thing without some sort of adjustment. But Todd, how do we protect, if we're adding a team member, how do we protect our culture during that process? How do we, uh, during that hiring process? Well, that's a, that's a, a great question, Rich. And I think that's, it's really foundational. You've got to get this part right or everything mm-hmm. that follows in your staff search is going mm-hmm. to go or has a high probability of going off the rails. Mm-hmm. Really, the one piece of advice I would say is, man, you've got to clearly communicate your values and your expectations right from the start. And you've mm-hmm. and it's not good enough just to have it in your head. Put it in mm-hmm. writing. Mm-hmm. Um, what we find uh, with a lot of churches that we work with, and we work with some great churches, is mm-hmm. that when you're going to hire a new team member, this is a great time to make sure that everybody is on the same page and that you're being honest with mm-hmm. where you are and what your culture mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. So, and, and that has to start with uh, with putting that down in writing and and getting agreement on that because you're going to mm-hmm. start as you start interviewing candidates, you're going to start sharing 
that culture and that DNA with those candidates. And mm -hmm. if, if, if one person says one thing and another person says something else, that's going to be a real tip off that, uh, that maybe this isn't quite as healthy a place as you can. So from mm -hmm. a practical standpoint, um, just a couple of couple of things that I think mm -hmm. uh, once you get that down on paper and you're in agreement, that's really huge that you're in agreement. Right. Um, is give candidates open-handed access to mm. what your what your situation is, uh, what your culture is. You know, be realistic about you know, hey, here's where we're hitting it out of the park. Here's some areas that we really need to to see some improvement or some things mm. that we're struggling with. Those kind of things. If you find that you're, this is what we found. If you find that you're trying to control the situation as you start to talk to candidates, <laughs> if you're trying to control the access or you're or you're you're hiding key bits key bits of your story <laughs> to the person you're mm. trying to hire, chances are that's not going to end well for you because you mm. can only hide that for so long. You you bring them on your team. 12 to 18 months, if you're hiding something, you're trying to control access, it's, it's not going to go well for you. And we hear, and we, we hear this all the time from candidates when we're talking to them is that we almost, we need a, a little virtual cuss jar that we can kind of put on our, on our desks. <laughs> every time, every time we hear a candidate say, well, they said, they said this, but mm -hmm. I got there on the first Sunday and, it wow. have been you know, we've had we've had people say, you know, um, they told us that they had 800 on a on a Sunday mm -hmm. and we got there and there were like 70 people in the room. Wow. Um, oh, my goodness. So, I mean, we we hear stories like that all wow. the time. So, yeah. number one, you got to have your story straight. Number two, you yeah. got to tell the truthful story. Yes. And number three, you got to be open-handed with candidates and be honest and transparent and open. If you're, if you are, that's the start to a healthy staff culture hire. Mm -hmm. If you're not, it's it's the beginnings of probably doing this again, this whole hiring thing again, in the next twelve to eighteen months. Well, I, I love that. Like, so I know for me, I I feel the pressure when we're in a hiring scenario. It, at somewhere during the conversation, it goes from we're checking out them. And then they're, and then eventually it becomes they're checking out us, and we Absolutely. get. In, I know I feel the pressure of like, in that mode, it's like, okay, now I want to sell them on mm -hmm. like, hey, what is mm -hmm. great about what we do? But I, I love even just that on having that honest conversation with ourselves around, hey, what what is the? Let's resist that temptation. <laughs> let's resist the temptation. Mm -hmm. to try to make ourselves look better than we are. Um, and what are those, you know, what are those areas that we want to be super truthful on? Yeah, I love that. That's so good. So Matt, what about, so it, I know, I feel this pressure when we hire people, man, this is a costly, expensive process. Like I'm like, yeah. it, you know, I already feel the pressure. We're like, you know, by all, I would say hundred percent of the hires I've ever done, there's some gaping hole in our ministry. That I'm like, this part is burning and yeah. I just need to throw a staff member at that. Uh, and I have told myself more than I'd like to admit, I've said, well, someone's better than no one in that area. <laughs> I'm sure no one else has ever said that. I'm just not a very good leader. Someone's better Those than no famous one. Famous last words. Yeah. And the, exactly. I've done that a couple times. And over time, I've learned, actually, that's not true because the cost of hiring the wrong person is just so high. Um, it's, it's just, it's insurmountable. How do you kind of articulate that with, with people on the culture side, when you hire the wrong person, what's the real cost of the hiring the wrong person, Matt? 
the the real four point seven million dollars. It's been you know scientifically proved. No, I I I don't know that I can put a dollar <laughs> value on it. Sure, but sure, but you know here's here's where it comes. I mean the 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 recruiting cost, just just spending the money and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Yeah, that's that's a real cost. The salary that's spent and any budget items. I mean that's that's real cost. But you know I think the more significant cost is loss of trust, loss mm. of you know the sideways energy. The, the cultural hits that that you take, mm-hmm. you know, so all true. those all those soft things that you really can't put a number on, but mm-hmm. what are what are true? Because I mean, the time that goes into that goes into into a search right now, mm-hmm. um, I'm telling churches that you know if you're going to go into a search process, be thinking 12 to 18 months. Now we're going to mm-hmm. pray that God, you know, God God shows up a whole awful lot quicker than that. But we're saying, think about this as a 12 to 18 month run. And if it goes quicker, great. Right. But that's a significant. Okay. Can I just say something? Can you stop there for a second? Just stop yeah, there. Yeah. Cause you just rolled over that. You're an expert in this area. I, I wonder if people are surprised by that number because I, I know for me, I I'm like, man, we need somebody there tomorrow. Yeah. So, uh, but even this idea of 12 to 18 months, I, do, you, do you get people surprised when you say that or no, they're just like, Oh, oh man, I, I ruin people's day when I say that. I really okay, do. Okay, right. It's like yes, right. yesterday, you know, guys like, hey, I really, our worship pastor is leaving in May. We'd really like somebody here in June, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's the third week of April, and it, yeah, yeah. I mean, this was yeah, wow. this was literally yesterday, and so, oh my goodness, wow. you know, and part of what I tell people is like, I, I'm good, but I still haven't figured out how to sync my calendar up to God's calendar, right? Mm, God's yes. not surprised by the fact that we've got this staff opening, but His timing may not be the same as ours. And so part of what I tell people is we're going to pray like crazy that it's going to go quicker than 12 to 18 months. But part of part of the role here is this hire, regardless of what position it's going to be, is so critically important to your culture mm-hmm. and to the mm-hmm. direction forward that you need to be able to say no to mm-hmm. somebody who looks amazing on paper. You need to be mm-hmm. able to say no to somebody who you hit it off and is just incredibly talented. You need to be able to say no to that person when the only thing that you can come to is the Holy Spirit is just saying, hey, um, I'm not so sure about that. Right. Mm -hmm. And if we're in this saying, hey, it's you know, it's it's April and I need somebody in June. It is incredibly tough to say no to that person at that point. And so part of what I tell our Mm -hmm. church is, is, hey, publicly communicate 12 to 18 months. Um, Pray like crazy. It goes quicker. And, And man, I tell you what, we we we're shooting to get people in place way quicker than that. But mm-hmm. the, the church needs to have that, that sense of, Hey, this is going to take a little while and that's okay. We're not broken as a church. And so, mm-hmm. you know, so much of this, I mean, you, you want to talk about protecting your culture and, and, and yeah. building the sustainable it's you, you need to intentionally go slow and, and mm-hmm. realize that, Hey, you know, we, we blow this, we're losing trust. We're losing morale. Um, you know, our congregation is saying, oh, dear, we're going through this process again. What's wrong with us? Mm-hmm. Um, all the, you know, all the financial costs in, in, involved in that as well. And then just mm-hmm. what it's going to take to recover um, the in that ministry area again mm-hmm. as you're going through the second hiring process. It's take the long view on this because, you know, it is it is so tempting just to go and hire the hire the guy who their jokes are funny. 
you know, and, and they remind <laughs> us of our nephew. And sure. yeah, they, they've been at this great church and they've done the job. You know, it's really easy just to go pull the trigger on that without digging, digging deeper to make sure that they're culturally, they're going to be such a great fit. So. And that's, that's where the tension comes in. I mean, that's what we hear. That's the tension that we hear all the time is totally. we need somebody tomorrow, but we don't want to screw this thing up. Right. <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, mm-hmm. And and so, so even the, even the 12 to 18 months, like Matt said, we, we, when a church is working with us, we, we strive to get somebody way before that time. Right. Right. But the first thing we tell search committees is number one, it's probably going to take twice as long as what your minimum, at least twice as long as what mm-hmm. you think it's going to take because, because there's a lot of different factors to make that, to make a good hire. So you don't screw this thing mm-hmm. up. Um, and, and number two, just, we try to tell them, breathe. You know, this doesn't surprise mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. He's not surprised at this, yeah, but so give, give, give your leadership team, give your board, give your search committee, give your congregation room to breathe, mm-hmm. uh, kind of the under, under promise over deliver type thing that, yep. you know, it's much better to say, you know, this is going to be a longer term process than to say, Hey, you know, we should have, we'll, we'll have, we'll have a list of 50 resumes in, in six weeks. Yeah. Um, because it, it it just doesn't work like that, and and if it does work like that, you really need to breathe and make sure that you, if you make two a desperation hire, it's better to go yeah. without than to hire out of desperation. Oh. And a lot of churches do that, and so that's one of the ways yeah. we kind of help them hold their hand through that, so they don't make those mistakes. That's, yeah, that's friends. Part. This is a part. Of, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. But that, that's part of the reason. I mean, the, the the average stay right now is what three three and a half years, and mm. and you think you think about that. And there's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of long-term guys that have 10 years in. So you think about how many are just staying 18 months, 12 months, something like that. You know, well, it is, yeah. it's got, it's got to take us some time. So I cut yeah. you off, man. That's so rude of me. No, no, not at all. I was cutting you off. I, I was cutting, I was interrupting you while you were interrupting me. The, um, <laughs> well, you know, this is a part of why I love, you know, the chemistry staffing friends. Like this is, uh, so I, there's a different or similar organization that does a similar thing to chemistry staffing. And this is years ago. And we we had come to the end. Like we had exactly that kind of thing. There was like this burning hole in our organization. We're like, okay, we need to hire somebody to help us with this because this we clearly can't do this. And so uh, so we need to get something new. And so we we brought we brought in another firm and I was talking to the salesperson and they were like, We got your person. We totally got your person. We'll find this person quickly. And I'm sure we can, you know, we we place these things all day or all night, blah, 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 that kind of thing. And then the first time the consultant came and met with us, literally this happened, friends. The first time the consultant met with us, sat down, the very first thing out of their mouth was, man, this is going to be a very long hire. It's going to take us forever. I don't know if we'll ever find this person. And I was like, what? Like, we just paid you all this money. Uh, And so I really, this is a part of why I love, you know, Todd and Matt, because they're right up front. They're saying like, hey, friends, it's going to take a while. Now, obviously, they're going to try to do it, you know, work faster if, if you end up engaging them. But uh really appreciate that and that you know uh you know, that's not dogging anybody else that just is uh, part of why i love these guys well let's let's talk about you know team unity team you know health when we think about the ch- changing culture that happens we bring somebody else in there it, it kind of changes all the relationships things shift around a little bit and we want to make sure that we we are hiring people then that's increasing unity that that's increasing you know, people feel better about working here after, not worse. Um, and, that, you know, what what can we do? How can we keep our team unified and healthy through this process, Todd? How do we, what can we do to ensure that we're 
we're coming out the other end as a more unified team. Yeah, well, the first is to be a unified team to begin with. So that that sounds like just a total consultant answer, but I kind of go back to my first. <laughs> no, no, I get kind it, I get it. My, kind of go back to my first answer, um, which is that first, very first question is, you know, you you have to clearly know what your situation is, right? Mm-hmm. So you you should have as before you hire any staff, I mean, you really should take a look at your current staff or your current team mm. and make sure that they're healthy. Mm. Um, because if your staff and if your team is not healthy mm. um, and you try to bring somebody else in, it's not going to correct the problem. Um, right. Okay. So I, I, I try to, I always try to, to bring it down to as, as um, I don't know, as 30,000 foot view as I can. But I mean, mm-hmm. when it comes when it comes to staff, um, try to be like Jesus, or at least be kind. Mm-hmm. You know, right. Sure. Um, right. And and I'm convinced that so much of the so much of the disunity, so much of the conflict that happens in our churches today is it goes back. This is, sounds so simplistic, and I almost hesitate to say it, but it almost goes back to the golden rule. Right, you, that you treat other people the way that you would want to be treated. So that goes mm-hmm. from the senior pastor all the way down to your staff. How that gets communicated to the volunteers is you really have to treat people the way that you want to be treated, and you mm-hmm. have to be kind. Now that doesn't mean mm-hmm. that there aren't tough conversations. Of course, there are tough conversations and tough things. It's it's and ministry is messy. Ministry is some mm-hmm. of the most messy work you can do. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, you need to try and cultivate that healthy culture. You know, provide regular opportunities for feedback, for communication. Mm -hmm. If you're Mm -hmm. not allowing people to speak up to the leadership and to give concerns and to give ideas and to, to innovate and, and communicate, then that's a problem. You know, Mm -hmm. how are you investing in your staff development, in your staff training? Um, Mm -hmm. How are you encouraging a healthy work-life balance? Um, How do you, how are you fostering um, a culture of appreciation? I mean, do your, the people on your team feel appreciated? Do they feel recognized? Um, when there is a concern, do you deal with it promptly? Mm-hmm. Uh, or do you kind of uh, let it take care of itself or sweep it under the rug? All those kind of things are, are and we, we all know this, but it's much mm-hmm. harder to do than to actually talk mm-hmm. about, is mm-hmm. making sure that before you bring somebody else on your team, that the team that you already have is healthy. Mm-hmm. It's the best thing you can do. Yeah, that's so good. I, I was just recently was um, talking to a senior leader who was reflecting back on there. And this person's like driven, done a ton of things, made a lot of impact. And they were reflecting back on their their career and was were saying, you know, it's not that they had regrets, but they were saying, listen, if I could do it again, I would have been kinder and more generous with my team earlier. You know, I'm like, I and I'm like, man, there's some real, there's some real wisdom there for particularly for up and coming leaders, right? They're like, you know, hey, like we, you know, we we have to be guided by that. We have to lead from that that place. And I thought, man, that's that's so true. I think we all, you know, we can look at conversations. Where we're like, I'm not sure that was a win for the kingdom there. We might have got done what we needed to get done, but like, yep. were we, you know, yep. can we be kinder? Could we be more generous? I, I love that. Well, Matt, when you think about, um, you know, church health, you think about, you know, you guys interact with a lot of churches. I want to try to take advantage of the fact that you interact with a, with a lot of churches. What let's let's kind of have a bit of a real conversation. What concerns you when you look at church health these days? What's kind of like a something that you're you know a little bit concerned about? In- yeah. So, 
so I, I think there's 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 the the stuff that everybody's complaining out about out there right now. You know, the, the division society wise and all the politics yeah. and how that's affecting things and, and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, I think those are those are big. I think the declining attendance post COVID is 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 an issue. And you know, I don't want to mm-hmm. sound, sound like the doom and gloom guy. I tell you though, Rich, um, the thing that the thing that keeps me up at night and the thing that I'm mm-hmm. praying most about right now. Mm-hmm. is is both ends of the pastoral timeline okay and so mm-hmm. what i mean by that is um we are going through a pretty significant wave of succession yeah you know pastors of a certain age realizing that it's it's time for them to retire mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. traditionally um we've done wonderfully with this in the church you know <laughs> no insert um, sarcasm emoji exactly exactly <laughs> yeah. yeah let's let's be clear on that one but i mean so we've yeah. we've struggled with this yeah. and we've got a lot of churches that have never once mentioned the succession word that all of a sudden you know have six months you know and a lot of the a lot of the work that i'm doing right now i call it crash succession it's succession processes where um it's been less than 18 months of actually being able to prepare for it and most most of that work is less than twelve months, and so that's mm-hmm. that's a big one. But the other the other piece of this, um, and I think it's I, I know it's I know it's related, but the other piece of this, mm-hmm. Rich, is is our pipeline and our bench depth. Okay, mm-hmm. we're mm-hmm. struggling um, in the Capital C Church um, right now with our bench depth. Um, mm-hmm. Youth pastor searches have become the toughest that we do, and a lot of that is because you know a lot of the rising generations you know, have, have said, I don't want to do that. I don't right. want to go in. I don't want to go into ministry. Mm-hmm. And one of the big, I think one of the biggest struggles that are we kind of found ourselves in a bit of a perfect storm here, because we've got, you know, a lot of Bible colleges are shutting down their ministry programs because they don't mm-hmm. drive enough revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of seminaries are struggling to graduate students that actually mm-hmm. want to go into local church ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're going out and getting an MDiv and using it as like a vanity degree. It's like, that's a huge degree to get if right. you're not going to use it. Right. But they're struggling to, to, mm-hmm. to, and so we, we need to figure out how do we um, help people discern a call to ministry? How mm-hmm. do we get them to a point where they're trained and ready to go and equipped and empowered to go do ministry mm-hmm. um, and release them to go do it. And we just, I think over the last, the, the last few decades, we have we've really struggled with this, and I think we're, we're about to pay the piper on that. And so, again, gloom and doom. I think there's hope. You know, God's not surprised yeah. by this, but those those are the things that keep me up, and those are the two big things that I'm praying for right now, mm-hmm. local church wise. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I was in the last year, I was at uh, was on site at a church doing some coaching stuff, and was talking to their young adults pastor, and you know, they had just come back from a young adults retreat, and this you know, a couple hundred kids, they went away to this big conference center and all that. And I was like, tell me about it. And and I was really encouraged because it was so rare. And and, and kind of old school, the, I said, well, tell me about what was going on. And they, so he was telling me about people who made first time commitments to Christ, which I think well, was obviously amazing. But then he also was saying, he's talking about how they, one of the services really focused on the call to ministry. And yeah. it was like, it was like, and I remember that from when I was yeah. that age, that was like an old school, like that was a yeah. part of those ministries. But yeah. I said to this leader, I was like, thank you for doing that. Because yes. I don't know that I've heard anyone do that in like 10, 15 years. Like we need to specifically yeah. articulate to that generation, hey, 
you know, are you, this is a, this is a noble cause. This is a noble thing for you to, you know, step toward. Love that. That's, that's awesome. And that's so good to hear mm-hmm. because I, Todd, Todd's tired of hearing me say this. Cause I've, I've said for a while, <laughs> I came, I came to faith, you know, in college. So I didn't grow up in the church and all that kind of stuff. And when I first started at Bible college, I would hear stories about that. You know, my pastor did a, they did the altar call and then they did the second altar call. Who's who wants to. And, and really, I thought it was cheesy back then because, you know, I was, you know, 20s and knew sure. everything and everything was cheesy. Um, <laughs> but dude, I, I so I so regret that we've gotten out of that, you know, as the church. So I'm, I'm so excited to hear you say that. That that that's mm-hmm. pretty that, that gives me hope, man. That's really cool. Yeah. And they do it. They do it every year. Right? They're kind of they're young and this big young adult retreat thing. And it's like a whole bunch of churches together, a thousand, fifteen hundred so kids. Cool. And, and they follow up and they have a whole system for like getting kids, you know, great. You're interested in that. Yeah. Let's get you plugged in, which is, you know, is fantastic. So but that was, well, I know I mean, that, was, that was a huge pipeline to, to get people to, Absolutely. to get into Christian college and seminary and to start that, to talk, nobody talks about calling anymore. And, mm-hmm. and uh, so we've, we've, we've essentially, because we're not doing that, we've seen one of our biggest recruitment tools yeah. for ministry um, kind of dry up. And Matt and I are, are so excited about the future of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but the little secret is, is most churches don't do well in, in training up leaders and yeah. in discipleship. Right. And sure. if, if churches did a better job at training leaders from within, a lot of the work that we do with churches wouldn't be necessary because yeah. they would have this kind of internal pipeline. Some churches do that really well. Other churches just have, you know, they've, they're a generation removed from mm-hmm. really investing in young people and saying, Hey, this is a, this is something worthy of giving your life and your calling to. Totally. Yeah. I love it. Totally. Well, I love painting. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, man. I keep cutting you off, man. We keep Just doing this, man. It's, we're, it's we're kind of, of passionate on this stuff. Yeah, we, 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 we really are because it's like to, to Todd's point, you know, what, people keep asking us, well, how do we keep our staff? How do we keep our staff? And it's mm-hmm. the same, it's the same answer, right? It's, it's, right. you know, if, if you've got a youth pastor, you know, sit down with him and say, Hey dude, where do you see yourself in five years yeah. and start developing the way to, for him to get there, you know? And, and mm-hmm. that's, that's how he stays an extra five years instead of leaving in 18 months, yeah. you know, yeah. is, is that development mindset, you know, go release, let them go do their thing, man. And that's, we, we get that, we get that throughout the whole church, man. We're Todd and I are out of, out of business. And frankly, I'm, I think I'm okay with that. You okay with I'll that, find, Todd? We'll find something else to do. <laughs> got to pay the mortgage somehow. You know, Nelly needs to I'm, I'm cool with nice. that. Yeah. You'll get that dog back running in the dog races there. That's what you'll do. <laughs> there you uh, go. You're going you're to get me some hate mail now. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, I, I kind of like uh, painting Matt as the negative guy and Todd as the positive guy. That kind of makes me, that makes life it. better for me. So, Todd, wh- what are you guys doing about this? What How... How is chemistry staffing helping with this whole church health area? How can you help? What do you? Because I know this is a passion area for you guys. You, you know, you're yeah. You're obviously, you 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 do searches, but you're passionate about the whole long term fit thing and health is a big part of what you do. What are you doing to help them get and stay healthy? Absolutely. When we started six years ago, um, our one of our main goals was to try and help the hiring process suck a little less. Can we say okay. that? Okay. <laughs> Yeah, this is this is right for its audience. We can say that I believe. Yeah, you can say Um, it. But no, both for the church and for the candidate, right? We've and we've been 
been doing staffing stuff for a long time. I don't know that I've ever heard a candidate say, I love searching. I love the whole yeah, search yeah, transition yeah. process. And churches never love the hiring process either. I mean, there's yeah. a certain level of excitement, but at the same time, everybody kind of loathes the process. And, and yeah. you know, if you're a church, you're, you're scared about making a bad decision. If you're a candidate, you're scared about making a bad decision, right? So we want to yeah. try and and mitigate that as much as we can. So our framework, and I think we've talked with you about this before, but I mean, just really, mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. five really quick things. We we try and totally. to get that healthy long-term fit. We're really looking at five things and we tell candidates, we tell churches, look, you can't compromise. And this is one of the reasons why it may take longer to find the right person. You really mm-hmm. can't compromise on these five things. You've got to have a great the- theological fit, right? They need to be, mm-hmm. they need to believe uh, the things about Jesus that you believe about Jesus. Um, mm-hmm. th- they need to be a good cultural and DNA fit for your church. Um, so you, and we assess for all this stuff with all of our churches and all of our candidates on the very upfront before we even have a conversation mm-hmm. with them. So uh, they need to match the personality of your church. That's number three. Mm-hmm. Number four, they need to have the skills and abilities, the experience, um, and the wherewithal to actually do the job that you need them to do. So mm-hmm. uh, you, you've got to do some skills and ability assessments there as well. And then there just mm-hmm. has to be a, a, what we call it the chemistry factor. Go figure. Um, mm-hmm. That when it comes to chemistry, it's it's you only learn that by boots on the ground, shaking right. hands across the table, doing life together. Um, but uh, you know, not only not only do you like this person. Mm-hmm. But can you see yourself doing ministry with this person for the next five years? Yeah. Can they yep. see themselves living in your community for the next five years? Do you want to have this this person and their family over to your house for a barbecue on Tuesday night? Yep. Um, do you, as as Matt puts it, you know, if if when you pull into the church parking lot in the morning at at eight thirty before uh, you know to start your day, and you see that that person just walked in the building, do you need an extra five minutes just to kind of pray yourself through? So you don't feel, you don't dread going into the office with this. Those, but seriously, those things happen all the time. So Mm -hmm. if you can get those five things down, um, we really think that increases the likelihood of a, what we call that healthy long-term fit. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, So we try to, we try to process our candidates, this process with our candidates and the process with our churches as well. And Mm -hmm. part of the thing that is every church is different and every candidate is different. There's no cookie cutters. So uh, that's part of what makes our work so challenging, but part of what makes our our work so exciting is that uh, every church and every candidate is different. So the the, the thrill that you kind of get when you find uh, a candidate and a church that match all five of those is is really really cool. Mm, so good. That's great. Now, I know you are um, rolling out an assessment that, and this is the part where we're so glad if you're listening in uh, live, you're going to get a chance to learn about this. But can you tell us about this 2023 staff uh, church staff health assessment that you're uh, rolling out, Todd? Can you let us know about that? Yes. Well, uh, this is the first time we've said anything about this outside of Matt and myself and our small team here. So it's, it. a, it's actually going to launch in a couple of weeks on, uh, I believe, April 24th. But mm-hmm. since you're listening here, we would love to have you. It's, it's all ready to go. Uh, you can kind of preview this. It's totally free. What this is, is we're calling it our 2023 church staff health assessment. It's mm-hmm. it's 50 really quick questions that are going to um, give you uh, some insight and you'll get, a, you'll get a score at the end of it. It'll take you maybe 10, maybe 15 minutes to take. 
but at the uh, at the end of that assessment, we're going to uh, kind of give you a score, a health score, uh, mm. based on uh, communication, on job satisfaction, on leadership, uh, team dynamics, compensation and benefits, work environment, and future your future stability on a on a staff team. So you're going to get a lot of information just by taking it. But what we want to do. Uh, and, and we think this is going to be huge um, for us and for the church moving forward is we want to get a pulse. Really, there's so much has changed in the past three years. We want to get a pulse. Okay, so how how are, and this is open to all full-time and part-time um, paid staff people and churches. Mm-hmm. We want to find out how, what's the state of health in, in most church staff? How are they feeling? Mm-hmm. Are they feeling appreciated? Are they feeling uh, like their compensation level is good? Do they feel healthy? Uh, mm-hmm. Do they do they want to stay where they are? Do they do they feel appreciated? Um, all those kind of things are going to be a part of that. Uh, and like I said, we're gonna we're gonna, it's going to run from April twenty fourth to May nineteenth, and then I think we're actually going to come back and do a podcast with you to kind of announce yes. uh, some of what we well all of what we've what we've, mm-hmm. what we've learned through this assessment. So our goal right now is just to kind of introduce it, get as many people to take the assessment as we can um, mm-hmm. and kind of go from there. And they, anybody today can, it's, it's ready to go right now. You can just go to uh, uh, churchstaffassessment.com. Great. Love it. So that's churchstaffassessment.com. We want you to drop by there and, uh, and take it today. Now is this, so I got a chance to get a little bit of a sneak preview on this friends. And this is a great thing like this. When I, and I can't believe you're not charging for this, right? This is like a free thing. No, no, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely free. You guys are crazy. Like this we're thing. We're not charging for this, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, we never thought of that, Matt. Yeah. No, but seriously, I'm like, so many people do these kind of things and it feels like, oh, this is like a, I don't know, like it's just like a marketing thing or whatever. But this, man, this looks super helpful for churches, for church leaders. It's the kind of thing that I think would be great. Are, are you envisioning that we would do this? We'd send it to our teams. How are you picturing that this could kind of be used in our, uh, you know, our church environments? Well, essentially, I think um, so. Come later this year, probably in the fall, this is going to come from. Right now, the assessment is a candidate assessment, but yep. I think we're going to actually turn that into a church assessment, and there probably will be some paid options for that. But um, what what that's going to do? What we're doing with the with the candidate assessment is we're trying to gather as as large of a pool of candidates and get as much data in there as we can, okay. so that we can say, hey, here on a national average, uh, yep. here here are on all of these fifty data points, uh, here is how the average candidate feels. And then right. what we can what we can do is when we come back to a, in the fall is we can come to a church and say, okay, so here's here's what the heartbeat is nationally. Mm-hmm. What does it look like for your church? How, Got it. how okay, in each sense. of those areas, how how are your staff able to do? And the other thing I want to mention too, Rich, is that this all of the answers are confidential. Uh, we'll ask yep. you we'll ask you at the end for your name and email only so that we can send you that full report at the end. But we're yep. not sharing we're not sharing individual answers right. or anything with with anybody's boss or anything. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Using yeah. it as a cumulative thing to gather the the information as yeah. a whole. But, you got to attach it to a real person, make sure it's not man, a bunch if of I'm a pastor, If I'm a <laughs> yeah. pastor and I'm getting ready to hire a new staff person, I want to know what the health of my current team is. And I, and yeah. other than, uh, I don't know that there's a really great tool out there to do that right now, mm-hmm. other than, mm-hmm. you know, just, which is, which is a great tool, asking people how they're doing. 
Yes. Kind of doing yeah, some yeah. of the healthy things that we said earlier. <laughs> yeah, totally. Love it. Again, so that is church staff uh, health assessment. No, oh, sorry, just church staff church assessment. Staff assessment. Dot com. Yep. Dot com, um, which is wonderful. So we'd love for you to go by and take a look at that. Friends, we're going we're gonna to pivot here in the last little bit of our call to questions. So make sure you drop those in. Uh, if you're listening to the recording, why were you not here live? You missed out. You did not get your live, your questions answered, but uh, we will uh, we'll get a chance to to answer those. So, uh, but again, we want to make sure you go to churchstaffassessment.com. Uh, you can get early access to that. Okay, so Trisha's got a question here. She's saying, how do you manage the tension of hiring next gen versus hiring the most skilled and qualified? Trisha, this is a great question, and I'm going to want both Matt and Todd to answer this. We'll start with you, Matt, because this, I think, is like, this is the quintessential question. Do we hire someone with lots of potential, or do we hire someone with proven capacity, and how do we, you know, how do we figure that out? Uh, Matt, let's start with you, and then I'd love to go to Utah as well. I, I know what Matt's going to say. It's two words. Go ahead, Matt. <laughs> It you depends. can tell you've been working together it for a depends. while. That's, that's, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. It depends. That was the best answer. It depends. So, yeah. So, okay. So, yes, it, it depends on where you are ministry-wise and what the what the situation that you're in is. But here's here's the deal. And and I think, and I, I don't want to pick on Trisha because she's in the Baltimore area and I grew up in Baltimore and, you know, we're, we're people go go birds. Um, yes. So, so, but so many times people start there. Okay. They start mm. in skills and abilities. And, and skill set, right? And and so part of why we always go back to the five the five pieces is because it's more than just skills. It's more than just hey, what church did they work at? Can they can they do it there or not? Right? And so mm -hmm. we got yeah. to we we got to start with theology and culture, personality, because if if this person has all the skills in the world and they you know you know they're a rock star Jesus, it doesn't mm -hmm. matter if theologically you guys are you. you if you if theologically you guys are in different places when it comes to women in ministry or something like that, it's never going to work. Mm -hmm. right? right. So, so, so yes. Um, there's times when you want the skilled person, there's times when you want to take the chance on somebody that's coming in. Here's, here's the piece though. And I'm, I'm honestly, and this is going to be an unpopular answer and Todd's going to have to go mm. and do some PR cleanup for us. <laughs> this will go it. viral and our competitors are going to love it. Um, mm -hmm. One of the things that I've really been thinking about here a lot lately is is one of the um, one of the one of the complaints that we we hear older generations sharing about the younger generation mm -hmm. is that the younger generations want to start where their parents left off, right? Mm -hmm. oh, and, interesting. And, and they're not willing to go and sacrifice and be in the you know the cheap apartment and all that kind of stuff. And and I sometimes wonder if we haven't taken that, you know, the thing that we're complaining about and putting it into the church and saying, hey, we need to pick, we need to start where where the other guy left off. Right. Mm. So many times we're talking about succession and we're saying, hey, our pastor's been here for 15 years and we need somebody that's going to be, you know, just like mm. who he is now for the 15 years to come. Well, it took mm -hmm. 15 years for that guy to get to right. that point. Right. Right. He right. needed somebody had to take a chance on him or and and kind of help them kind of gain their skills and abilities through. Now, I'm not saying mm -hmm. don't take somebody who's absolutely not qualified. You know, mm -hmm. there, there needs to be some ability to think ministry wise. But sometimes we need to realize that going into this, you know, maybe maybe the person that we hire, they, they may not be they, they may be a little bit greener than what would be ideal, but they've mm -hmm. got the fundamentals and we can pour into them and mm -hmm. you know 
part of part of our role has to be pouring into the next generation, whether they're on staff, whether they're in our congregation, whether they're in our age graded ministries, that kind of stuff. We need to be developing this next generation for us to continue to exist. And so so I think we need to go more towards the side of risking on the next mm-hmm. generation. Now, a lot of people of a certain age are going to say, hey, now you're saying I can't get a job. And I'm not saying that, but I think, mm-hmm. you know, I think that we need to take that that idea of being a little bit more willing to take a take a risk on somebody who who may not have the resume yet, but has the potential to pour into it. I think that's mm-hmm. I think that's an OK thing as long as they line up in all in all of those areas. Um, right. Now, if you've got a ministry that's just, you know, it's it's blowing up and and you don't have the capacity to really mentor the next person, then you got to get somebody who's who's got some seasoning to them. Right. But I don't. I sometimes wonder if we need to rethink what our workload is if we don't have the time to really develop the next generation mm-hmm. of leaders on our staff team. Mm-hmm. So, no, that's good. All right, clean yeah, me up, <laughs> Um Yeah, I think everybody everybody wants somebody that can hit the ground running. Yes. Right. Everybody. I mean, everybody we talk to. Um, yep. Sometimes that uh, – so I'll bring out the – the negative connotation of that. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes when you say you want somebody that can hit the ground running is we want to hire somebody that we can set it and forget it. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, and that, that is not a good way to hire. So if you're a yeah. senior pastor and your main goal for hiring a youth pastor is I need to hire a youth pastor so that I don't ever have to deal with youth. Yes. <laughs> is is a not healthy way to look at it. Okay. Sure. So if, if, and what Matt said, and it goes back to what we were saying five minutes ago about discipleship and training up leaders, right? Is mm-hmm. sure. I get it. You're a senior pastor and you want, you want to have somebody that's competent that can handle an area, mm-hmm. but you also need to be available to to speak in, to train, to build in, to have those conversations like Matt said, where do you see yourself in five years? How can we help Mm. you get there? You know, Mm. those kind of discussions, if you're not having those discussions, if you're not building in, um, it's, that's where the 18, you know, 12 to 18 months to 24 months where they take off because they don't feel appreciated. The other thing I would say Mm. is, is we're seeing, and another reason why we're so uh, bullish on the church is we're seeing a ton of really everything we've said about, you know, hard time recruiting people. There are some really, really incredibly sharp people. We call them Jesus with a guitar mm-hmm. internally, mm-hmm. really sharp people coming into ministry that are going to just absolutely kill it, but they're not set. They're not set it and forget it. People. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, mm-hmm. they, they actually want the mentoring and mm-hmm. the, the handholding, they don't want to be micromanaged, but they right. they want they want that input, uh, and, and they will hit the ground running, but they won't do exactly they won't do everything exactly the same way the last person did it, nor should mm-hmm. you expect them to. So, mm-hmm. um, it's good. Don't don't if if you're trying to do the set it and forget it, you're going to look over a lot of candidates that could right. really validate yeah. your church. Well, I was I was going to ask a kind of a correlated question, which is how often do you and we can stick with you, Todd, on this one. How often from your vantage point are you talking with the church where and you don't have to, you know, like how often are you talking with the church 
where they you think they they're missing a great next hire because of this where they're like ah like i man i, I just wish they would take a risk on this person i think it could be a great thing is that common and you run into that all the time i, I wouldn't say all the time we run into it quite often right, um right. Where, where we've and some of honestly and matt can push back on this some of our best work i think mm-hmm. it, are sometimes taking candidates that we think so this this person can do exactly what you've told us mm-hmm. you need to have done, but mm-hmm. they don't look exactly like the person that you thought this person would yes. look like. Yes. Oh, that's um, a good insight. And so is it is it risky? Um, every hire is risky, but yep. yeah, we we really try to to uh, sometimes we're even surprised at the people that we find that are like mm-hmm. you know even some of this doesn't make sense, but man, could this be cool? Yeah, totally. Um, so, totally. And, and sometimes churches are really open and responsive and receptive to that. And other, t- other times it's just, you know, a little bit too much So, and, and we mm-hmm. get it, but th- th- that's the fun part of the work. Yeah. I, you know, I've found over the years that man, give me a team of, I, I think sometimes when we hire people, we're looking for the, what is the, the example, the Michael Jordan, the, you know, Wayne Gretzky, the whatever the, I'm not a sports guy, whatever, whoever the most recent, like the, uh, the superstars, like we're looking for that. Or, or we say like, man, I'm not even sure Jesus can do this job. Like they're like, the, the, that's what we're looking for. But actually over time, the more hiring I've done, I'm just convinced if I can find solid, like B plus players, you know, who are, who are great, you know, they're like, it's the difference between the guy who always gets a home run and the guy who always gets on base, man, yeah. the guy who always gets on base, mm-hmm. man, that is a, or the woman who always gets on base, man, that's, I can, you can do a lot. You can build yep. great organizations on the back I, of that. So I, I love I, that. I tell you, I tell you what, Rich, you know, I know I'm the gloom and doom guy, but that's what gives me the hope for the church. <laughs> right. Sure. That, yeah, yeah. that right not there. not the doom and gloom guy. Matt, come here. Give me a big hug. You're not okay. the doom and gloom guy. I feel, I feel, I feel better, man. I, I love, <laughs> you know, so many of the churches that we work with are guys that are never going to get published, right? They're, they're, yeah. you're, you're never going to know their name. They're never going to go viral, but they are doing slow and steady work in yes. communities and having such incredible impact. And it's yes. like, yeah, you're never going to know their name. And and they they may not have been the, the the rising star coming out of seminary or anything like that, but they are they are they are seeing people come to faith. They're they're walking yes. marriages through crises, right? Yep. They're they're yep. baptizing. It's it is crazy what they're what they're doing. And there's so many of those people out there. It's it's really encouraging. That's probably my favorite part of favorite part of my job besides you know working working with Todd. Yeah, I love it. Well, I've got a question uh, that since you're here and all the people have listened to the end, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to throw this one to Matt. This is a spicy meatball, spicy meatball question. Oh, no. Hopefully our relationship can sustain this. It depends. Um, so you've seen where this has gone wrong. Like you've seen the like, okay, we hired somebody right. and, and either they came through your service or you were talking to a church and they've now come to your, you because they hired somebody and it didn't go well. Like it, it was like, you know, X number of months later, and it was like a little bit of a gong show. I'm sure you've seen one or two of those. Are there any common things, common factors? Maybe it's in the five. It's like, there's one of those that keeps coming back time and again, or maybe there's a common trade or something that we should be looking for when we're hiring. Where does this just go wrong when it, when it goes wrong? So when it, when it goes wrong, here's the common theme. Um, Most more often than not, 
people forget the first three of our five factors and they, they start with skills and abilities. They look mm -hmm. at a resume. They say, oh, I know that church. That's a great church. I listen to their pastor's right. podcast. That's awesome. Of course they can do the job, right? And yes. then they start to interview them based on, based on that alone. And they start to laugh at the person's jokes and they say, oh, he reminds me of my grandson, you know, and they start mm. to fall in love relationally. And, and there's a, there's a, there's a degree of chemistry there. They, they fall into like, and all that kind of stuff. And, and in the back of their head, you know, you've got this question about, yeah, I do know that church, but you know what? They're, they're a little bit different than how we operate. Oh, it'll be fine. Mm. Jesus will make it work. And, it, mm. and typically somewhere around 12 to 18 months in, they start to realize, oh, Maybe Jesus isn't going to kind of smooth out our differences on women in ministry. Maybe, mm. maybe, maybe, maybe the mm. fact that we're Wesleyan and, and he's pretty hardcore reformed, um, maybe that's not going to work itself out, right? Right. And right. that's that's you know that's that's when it, that's when it goes sideways. It's, we we short circuit things and we really we we really don't think that theology is as important as it is, or we really don't realize mm -hmm. that you know that church of two thousand works a little bit differently than our church of five hundred. Right. Yep. Or, or maybe those those personality quirks that that are cute, you know, during right. the interview, they're going to cause us to take a hostage down the road. You know, I, that's sure. That's that's what that's what I'd say. I don't know, Todd, if you think I'm if you think I'm yeah, anything that. else on that, Todd. Yeah, I don't know that there's any any one thing. I mean, uh, right. we but but we do hear we do hear the theology and the culture pieces all the time. Yeah. That mm. there are mismatches, and again, what match? I'll reemphasize what Matt just said. A lot of times, we fall in love too early before mm -hmm. we even ask the tough questions. And mm -hmm. I tell you, once you fall in love with a candidate, um, it's the same. You know, we say this all the time with assessments. That's why we do uh, any of our candidates or churches, we do the assessments on the very front end is because mm -hmm. we, we're full believers in assessments, but we think churches wait way too long to do the assessments. They, they fall in love with a candidate. Mm. They bring them in for the onsite visit. And before they, before they offer the, you know, the, here's, we'd like to bring you on our, here, take this Enneagram or take this, uh, you uh, know, right, strength right. binders. It doesn't make any difference. There could be like glaring, discrepancies right. and red flags and those things. But yeah. You're, you're just going to justify it. You're yeah. going to justify it because you love them. Yeah, totally. they're, they're great. We love their yeah. family. His wife is awesome. We love it. Yep. He's got kids the same age as my kids, man. Um, all that yeah. stuff supersedes what could be like the really important things that are going to cause somebody to leave in 18 months. Yeah. One of the smartest things. So I, I had the privilege of working with Tim Lucas at Liquid Church for years with you guys, which you guys know, and he he's a smart leader on, on a bunch of fronts. But one of the smartest things he realized early in his in his leadership, like really once the church started growing, was he was like, I need to be in these conversations at the very end because every one of these I get in and I'm like, we should hire this person. This person's amazing. Like there yeah. and 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 then he was like, and he was self-aware. He was like, then I go into sales mode and I'm like, I'm just trying to figure out, I'm trying to woo this person to say, hey, come here, come here, come here. And so he, you know, smartly was like, I need to pull myself out of this mm -hmm. and only come in when we actually want this person. Like, do not trust me to, to be able to, you know, and they've built That's an good. incredible staff team, you know, on that. And, and, you know, and it's worked out and they've, you know, it's, which is, but that takes a, that takes a, uh, a depth of uh, emotional intelligence and, uh, and humility to be able to declare that with your your leadership team so love that which is not surprising he's a great leader so he's good at that stuff 
Well, this has been a fantastic conversation. I, again, I can't believe we got both of you guys in one room. It's been so I've just been so honored to have you here today. Uh, as we wrap up, Matt, I've been kicking you a little bit. I'm going to give you the final last words today. What What do you want to say as we wrap up? How can people connect with chemistry staffing? I, I really do. I say this to people. I don't say this just because you guys are a sponsor. When people are talking to me on both sides, either they're a church or a candidate, like about these kind of things, I always say like, hey, you should talk to the guys over at chemistry staffing, give your website chemistrystaffing.com. But what what would you say? What would you say, you know, what would your kind of final words for today's conversation? Yeah. So, so yes, I am the doom and gloom guy, but man, I tell you what, I am, I'm incredibly optimistic for, for, for the church. We, we really are, you know, there's a mm -hmm. lot of, you know, we just need to shift a little bit about what we're doing. We need to focus mm -hmm. a little bit about culture, start developing mm -hmm. the next generation, man. I tell you what, mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're going to be in good shape, but we'd love, love to be able to serve you guys. And really would love if you guys do go to churchstaffassessment.com and, 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 and take that. I think that's going to be an incredible tool for the church. So much has changed over these last three years. Um, I think that's going to give us a really good snapshot on overall mm -hmm. church health um, in this country. So, Love it. Well, love you guys. I'm so thankful for the work you do for the church. Thanks for being on here. Again, friends, we remind you to go to churchstaffassessment.com uh, to fill that out. You can do that up until May 19th. So you've got, you should do it today, be the first people in on it, but you've got Absolutely. only got until May 19th to do that. So Make sure you get in uh, and do that. What a great tool. I appreciate you guys providing this. Uh, thanks so much for being on the call today. Have a good day. Great. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Unseminary Podcast. Drop by unseminary.com for more helpful resources for you and your team. There you will find articles, online courses, and so much more. Unseminary, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Presented by CDF Capital. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary.